Second and victory. Welcome back into another episode of the Second and Victory Podcast. My name is Austin Nelson. I'm joined, as always, with my two co-hosts, Mr. Brett Batchelor and Chris Carter. What's up, gentlemen? What's going on, How's dogs? it going? Chilling. I've been, I've been better. I've had better days. <laughs> Why is Let's that? Let's talk about it. Let's get it out. Why is that? <laughs> Listen, I've been a Vanderbilt fan my entire life. Tough I'm enough. Not proud, I'm not proud to say that. I said it's tough enough. <laughs> we, we've had we've had good moments. We've had a lot of bad moments. Today was a really bad moment in Vanderbilt <laughs> history. They go from one of the better. I'm not going to say best. One of the best because it's not it's one of the best. But it's one of the better. I think logos in college athletics. A star V. Like you know that's Vanderbilt when you see that. A, 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 it, it has its it's it's iconic. With, yeah, an average program. college football fan, college athletic fan would know that's that's Vanderbilt. Well, if you look at the logo now, you would have no fucking idea who it is. It looks like a travel league baseball team's logo, the Vipers. <laughs> like, I played for a team growing up. This is no bullshit. I played for a team growing up, a travel league baseball team. That's why I said this. A travel league baseball team called the Vipers. Same colors, almost identical logo. And I saw that, and I was like, you're shitting me. Like, this is the logo. I first saw it, Barton Simmons, who was at 24-7 Sports. He's now the general manager quote-unquote, general manager for Vanderbilt football. Um, he tweets that out, and it was just the logo. And people were like, yo, like, what is that? And then 25, 30 minutes later, like, they fully rebranded. Every single picture is, is Vanderbilt. Uh, that new logo, they have article, videos. It is absolute shit. It is a terrible <laughs> logo. My favorite <laughs> description of it is the Virginia Cavaliers logo and the History Channel logo had a baby. That's exactly what it looks like. It's so bad. And I, at this point, you know, I hope it just gets so much hate that they have to change back. Bro, I'm looking at it now. Every single sport, like their cover photo is that V. Everything. That's what I'm saying. They the, have gone fully rebranded that new logo. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, oh. it's bad. You just don't, That's, dude. You're in a, the middle of the if, – if you're going to rebrand, bro, do it in like July and June. And they did this as a unification of the university branding and the athletics branding, too. That is what's so fucked up with that university, <laughs> that they always try to bring the university academic aspect into athletics. And that's why this this they, they should be moved from the SEC for this now. Like, if Tennessee is not changing their T, and Alabama is not changing their A, why do you have to change your logo to this, this weird V that nobody is going to back? It's just it's, – it's a logo that – if you're a Vanderbilt fan, you've known that logo your entire life, the Star V. And we've had, there's been other logos throughout the history, but like the Star V is one that's always kind of like been it. It's and there, and there is a version that has the star in the background with yeah, the V, but it's just as bad. It's almost worse. My first thought, my first thought was Villanova when I saw it, honestly. It's, uh, it's bad. <laughs> And I just hope we get so much hate that they have to change it. Like, you know what? Sorry, we did not realize that it was this big of a mistake. We didn't think you guys would hate it this much. I saw that it was a two-year process of, of trying to find a new a logo and design. Like, that's what y'all came up with in two years? I don't think they can change back, no. Chris would put out a, a better logo than in two minutes. A hundred percent. Easily. Have you seen so, our merch? Right. Great segue, Brett. Speaking of merch, these new tighten the fuck up hats that we have out, dude, y'all have to go get one if you have not bought one yet. They are sweet. We've posted them on Twitter. They're on the website, secondandvictory.com. You got to get a TTFU hat. Have to. Stitch stitch quality is really good. Yeah, you have Uh, one. You actually have one, Chris. How is it? I have one. Quality is excellent. Uh, All the the text and stuff on the sides, very legible. Uh, I think it turned out awesome. So, hope everybody It looks really good. It looks really, really good. Yeah, so I'm, I have had a, I've had a rough day with that logo change. <laughs> but the good news is, is that every single piece of merchandise now with the Star V on it will be half off or, you know, <laughs> a discounted price. So I'll just go scoop all that stuff up. Good way to represent your school that way. I will never – you will never see me in anything with that new logo. I'll, you won't I'll get you, you, get you this reference, Austin. You won't get this reference, Brett, should – 
but I hope that the Vandy fan base can Columbus crew this situation yeah. and make it all right for you guys. What happened there? I need I need the background uh, on that. Columbus Columbus fan base. Uh, Columbus released a new logo. Columbus fan base revolted, and they ended up uh, changing it. So, um, you know, sometimes it works out. Right. A Greg Schiano situation. The Greg Schiano yeah, situation. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, I, I relate to that one. All right. Well, hopefully that happens. Like, I just – I think about Vanderbilt baseball, like one of the prestige programs in the country, like the Alabama football to college baseball. Like, you're going to make them change all their logos. Like, have them – the Vandy boys are the Vandy boys because of their um, cursive writing and, and whatnot on their jerseys. And, the, dude, it's just – so this season, <clears throat> so like this weekend series, it's like the Vandy's playing a midweek game right now. Do they come out with something different this no, weekend? Oh, apparently they're going to keep the, the same uniforms and logos for the entire rest of their season. But I'm pretty sure like basketball and football next year will all change and whatnot. <laughs> and I think Vanderbilt football uniforms are already hideous as it is. They were a little bit better last year, but they have gone downhill significantly from the. Uh, it's so from, hard. It's just so hard to win at that school in general. So it is, man. Statcast has done a fantastic job this season. They play um, – they're still playing the NIT, so that's a plus. It's been a, a damn good year for them. So, yeah, it's been something to to be happy about. And then they just dropped this bomb on us, and it's – back to square <laughs> one. You know, you know, back to that, like, we've been kind of spoiled in Tennessee with college basketball this season. Like We have. Tennessee, Tennessee's had a good season. Memphis had a great season. Vandy's had a great season. MTSU had the best season they've had in four years. Like – um, it's been it's been awesome. Lipscomb um, wasn't bad. Belmont made the NIT. Yeah, yeah. And who would have thought that Vanderbilt would be playing farther than any of those schools still? Yeah, bro. Seriously. No, I'm just kidding. NIT doesn't <laughs> count. Um. All right. So before we talk any more about anything else, I want to make sure you guys stop the podcast and go hit subscribe. We appreciate your support and following us. Uh, make sure you are spreading the word about our podcast, Second to Victory. Um, if you're talking about it on Reddit. Share it there. So the guys you are buying beer from at the gas station, hit subscribe. Any Titans fan that you know that needs something new to listen to, there's other awesome Titans podcasts out there, but have they heard this one yet? Um, we appreciate all the support. We are brought to you by broadwaysportsmedia.com and 440 Sports. Broadway Sports Media is the best place to get your latest Titans news and coverage. You can also get your latest Nashville SC and Nashville Predators coverage as well. Uh, speaking of Nashville SC, the park looks amazing. The park looks sick. Yep. I know y'all are very excited to, uh, to to get there next season. Very excited. Very nervous about the parking situation. Yeah. Um, but, man, that that game day experience on, on May 1st is going to be absolutely bonkers. As long as they start winning again. Yeah. We need it's been a rough games. couple of games. It, has. it started out good, but last couple of games have not been good. But like a, tough road, tough road trip to start the season. Eight games on the your, road. So. Dude, yeah, bro, it's your first year ever in the Western Conference, and you start with eight straight games on the road. Yeah, hopefully your only year in the Western Conference. Dude, seriously, yeah. Um, put St. Louis, put put St. Louis in the West. Yeah, but it's it's a it'll get better. Uh, I I I trust Gary's defense. I don't trust Gary's offense as much, but it's always been that way. Um, I feel like though. Yeah, it has. I mean, Gary's the defensive first guy. Uh, it just, you know, if if Hani can get going, everything changes on the on the attack. So. Yep. Which y'all said exactly. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> hey, shout out to Philip Forsberg and Roman Yost. Hey, shout out to the Preds right now, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Duchesne, everybody been balling lately. What a, what a smart move. How, don't you think it's probably a smart move that you don't trade the cornerstone of your franchise? I couldn't believe those rumors, bro, when I first saw them. I was like, there's no way they can trade Philip Forrest. So, y'all know a little bit more about hockey um, contracts and guys, I promise for those that are listening, I pro- we'll get the football in a second, I swear. Um, hockey contracts. I mean, what's a Philip Forsberg deserve? Like now in his age and kind of what he's done. What's his annual contract? Like, compare him to somebody in the NFL for people. A comparison? I'll let Chris do the comparison, but I do know the other day, I can't remember the name, a guy from the Sharks, San Jose, signed an eight-year, $8 million deal. So $8 million a year is what he'll make. AAV, yeah. Yes. A couple people on Twitter said 
Philip Forsberg. This guy doesn't even touch Philip Forsberg and stats and his play and all that. And this is what Philip Forsberg was projected to get. So now his numbers are going to go up. What that will be, I don't know. But And I'll let Chris tell the comparison. But he's going to make good money, whether it's the Predators or somebody else that gives it to him. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ryan Johansson, I think, is probably our highest paid player right now. Maybe Matt Duchesne, possibly. They're right there on par with each other, though. And that's like $8 million a year. Uh, for those guys, and and you know, Phil's Phil's your your offense. He's your your guy that's driving the ship. So um, I won't be shocked if it hits ten. I wouldn't either. Um, but you know, it could, I guess it could go over that. Just I think he's making. I think he's making five right now. Yeah, I'm not mistaken. I think it's around five. Contract. And he, I mean, he's hitting his prime right now. Like, yeah, he's only, he's 28. Yeah. So it's uh it's it's going to be a big contract for sure. Um, and you know, Ford Fords and, and hockey are guys that can play a long, long time. time. So long time. Um, but for, as far as a comparison, I know it's hard to compare um, hockey to football. It is. It is. Um, I mean, he's a guy that's kind of always, you've seen, always seen the potential there. And now all of a sudden it's kind of clicking. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't know who a good comparison that's a good, for that yeah, would seriously. be. Well, I feel the same way about L.A. Tolvanen, honestly. That poten- yeah. that's the potential is there for Tolvanen. And Josh Allen kind of kind of pops into my head, just because he's he's such a, a he's the type of offensive player that can like do things that when he does it, you're just like mind blown. Nice, like yeah. uh, the goal that tied the record uh, the other the night, night uh, was a between the legs. Behind the back, like shot at the goal. I think it was a pretty. I think it was a sports center top play. It was. Yeah, it's. I mean, just stuff like that. You see him do, and I, and I feel like Josh Allen is like that. Like you see yep. Josh Allen do things that you're just like, how the hell did he do that? Um, I think that's pretty common with Forsberg. So, I think I think that's a a similar comparison. I agree. Cool. Uh, well, this. Is not a Josh Allen podcast. This is not a Preds podcast. But I do think y'all would make a great duo of like a Nashville SC, Nashville Preds podcast. I would love it, bro. Thank I would y'all love that. Dive into that. Um, but this is a Titans podcast, an NFL podcast. And it's been a crazy couple weeks for both the Titans and NFL. And we're going to kind of dive all into it. We're going to miss some things, but try to get cover most of it. Let's start with the Titans, guys. Um, they've made in the last couple weeks – uh, they've made about 20 moves, both releasing guys and signing guys. I'm going to kind of go, go through all these. and just to, It's a long list. I was really amazed. when I, I was like, John Robinson <laughs> really has been making some moves. And we'll kind of dive into it. Um, so they release Roger Saffold, Kendall Lamb, and Darrington Evans. They release Jack Rabbit Jenkins and Julio Jones. Here's the guys that they've signed. Tier Tart, Logan Woodside, Nick Westbrook-Ikina, Morgan Cox, Jeff Swaim, Jamarco Jones, Ben Jones, Jordan Wilkins, Buster Screen, Randy Bullock, Dontro Hilliard, A.J. Moore, Austin Hooper, Robert Woods, and, of course, Harold Landry. Overall, I like, Dontre, just, I like just, it's solid. I, I really like Dontro Hilliard, and I like Austin Hooper. That was my question. I mean, out of all these moves, what do you – what's the move that you like, that you don't like? <clears throat> to be honest with you, I like the T.R. Tart move. I think he's solid. I really do. So I think bringing him, Dontrell was one that after about halfway through the year, you're like, okay, because we, we knew that Darrington Evans wasn't coming back. So after that, by the end of the year, we knew it was going to be hard to keep Deontay Foreman. So at that point, it's like, okay, this is a guy that can be an RB2. I mean, you can, some people can say similar style to Derek, but I mean, it works and it did last year as well. And he's a guy that you really needed to keep. Yeah, I think two of the signings I like the most. First one's a two-porter. It's uh, bringing back Hilliard and, and Wilkins. Um, I, I like the depth at running back uh, with, with those two behind Henry. I think uh, Jordan Wilkins can be a really good third-down running back on this team. Um, Hilliard, we know, can spell uh, Henry and, and get some of, those, um, some of those carries on first and second down. So, I I kind of like the running back depth now. Um, I also forgot. Sorry to interrupt you, Chris. Trent Cannon did not mention him. And Trent yeah. Cannon, yeah, I another guy in that running back room. I don't know how much running back play he'll get, but he sure. should be our our return guy. I mean, yeah, you would think so. 
preseason. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trey McBride. Um, but the other one uh, I really like is uh, is Austin Hooper, too. I mean, this is a guy that is is a well-rounded tight end, can kind of do everything that you need a tight end to do, uh, and can also split, split out in the slot when needed. So, I mean, it, it seems like a really good um, tight end one signing, especially if you can get a young guy in the draft um, to back up and, and learn from him for a year. Um, and who knows, maybe maybe Hooper could sign longer if, if year one goes okay. So uh, I think those are the ones I really like so far. Uh, obviously, bringing back Harold um, was something you yeah. needed to do. And um, and I know we've kind of we kind of talked about it on past episodes, but it was one of those things where like we didn't know how the money was going to turn out. So I mean, knowing that he's making pretty much right what Bud Dupree's making a little bit more, it's it's really not bad. Um, so good to keep that that defensive core together. It's not bad on paper that you have two guys, two of the two of the better pass rushers in the league. I think they're both top twenty guys. Two of the most um, well-rounded pass rushers, in the right? League. But the production has to come. You can't get fifteen total sacks from two guys like you you would like to you know you had 12 with Harold three with Bud like yeah. you would love those numbers to be 10 and 10 yeah right and, and you know I think I think obviously Bud was still coming back from injury for a large 100%. part of the year yeah he was and then got and then had that injury that second injury so um it's I think it's a situation where a fully healthy Bud Dupree and a uh, you know, uh, a healthy um, Harold Landry, which we haven't seen an unhealthy Harold Landry, thank goodness. But yeah, knock on uh, wood. Both of both of them being healthy, uh, it should it should be there should be some serious quarterback pressure there. Yeah, you look at the body of of these twenty twenty one names that I, I I named from John Robinson, kind of what he's done. He got he trimmed some of the fat that the Titans did did not need anymore, which was Darrington Evans, Kendall Lamb. Um, Roger Southfield, yes, he just came off a Pro Bowl year, but he's 33, banged up quite a bit, um, was having was Play, struggling to finish through games. A lot yeah, of was struggling yeah. to finish games. You have to salute, like, thank you, Roger, for everything you did. Held the piece, but it was it was time for him to go. And we know as well that John Robinson knows when it's time to move on. And it was just time for him to move on from Roger. So that was one. You we had all knew that Jack Rabbit Jenkins was just gonna be a one-year deal because of cap. Yep. We had a film about Julio that ended up happening. Um, you would hope for maybe a restructure they could work it out, but the Titans decided that it was time to go a different direction as well. So it's a post-June 1 designation, which basically means they will carry his full cap number until June 2nd, and at that point the Titans will gain at 9.5 mil in cap space, um, but they also got a $4.8 million cap, uh, dead cap on that. So hey, It's better than $40 million dead cap. 100%, which the Falcons are dealing with right now. Um, so we knew about Jack Rabbit, and then you kind of look just at, at, at Ben Jones as your starting center again, and then Harold Andrews your starting edge rusher again. Um, you bring back Nick Westbrook Akina, who deserved another contract. He, I like he him. Worked his butt off hundred percent. Logan Woodside, I think they just they're comfortable with him as the quarterback backup quarterback right now. Yep. And we haven't seen much of Logan. We haven't needed to because Tim Hill's been. Bro, they've they've tried to get Logan out of there for five years yeah. now. And he keeps doing this job. He's solid. Um, Tier Tart, like you mentioned, Brett, another good depth piece. And then the one guys that really did not make a whole lot of sense to me, their first like signing when free agency opened was Jeff Swain for a one year, three and a half million dollars. Fully, yeah, guaranteed, a fully guaranteed contract. Like OJ Howard and other tight ends got that deal. And we give to Jeff Swain. (laughs) I mean, I I guess they like something, man. man. They get. Bro, he was he serviceable. Your, he wasn't bad last year. He ended up being like, tight end one over ASAP Ferg. By yeah. week one. By week yeah. one. I think he started week I, one, did he I not? Think, he did. He did. Yeah. I think he's I think he's only back so that there's a little bit of stability in that room. Um obviously so otherwise. For, I mean for 3.5. Yeah. I mean, it, who were you bidding against to get to that number? Yeah, nobody. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody. Um but yeah, it's a it's I mean it's pricey, but hey, if uh, if it's if it's him, Hooper, and a rookie, like, is it really worth complaining about Swain's money at that the point? The three of us last episode and the one before that, when we talked about you know tight ends that could be back, I think we all three agreed that it would, it would have been just Swain out of that group. Yep. Yeah. So, um, 
Then they go inside Jamarco Jones. I think he's the Kendall Lamb replacement, maybe yep. a potential guy to start um, at that left guard spot uh, where Saffold was. Um, some other moves along the way have been Trenton Kane, like I mentioned, Jordan Wilkins, Buster Screen. Love that he's back. Love I love that. that. Love I mean, that. I I think he is Janoris Jenkins level. Yeah, and significantly cheaper. Cheaper, one hundred percent. Way cheaper. And he's and he's a uh, he. You know, he played at Chat too, so he's he's local in that regard. He's content being in this area. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they bring back Big Dick Randy. Randy Bullock. <laughs> I think he deserved that as well after the season he had last year. And I've year. seen some people yeah. complaining about his contract number, but like that's it's not big. What you gotta pay he you deserved the contract. I think, I think too, that though. would make him like the twenty something highest paid kicker in the league. Like that's not big. He money. brought like he brought stability to a position that hasn't had stability in who knows how long. One hundred percent. Um, and like we mentioned, NWI, Morgan Cox is back as well. Morgan Cox is the you know, fantastic job. <laughs> yeah. Snapping last year. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to dive into that, those analytics. Um, mentioned Dontro Hilliard as well, Chris. You mentioned him. Glad he's back as well. And more, another little bit of stability in that running back room. AJ Moore, defensive back from the Houston Texans. He'll be mostly a special teams kind of guy. He's the ace. Yep. Yeah. You, Apparently a special after, teams demon. Year so. after year, J Rob finds those special teams guys. So maybe he's he does, man. Those. Matthias I'm Farley. Upset. Yeah, I'm kind of upset that Ola. There's been no Ola news yet. I'm I know. Ola Man, back. I was actually thinking about Ola today, like kind of shocked that – I mean, I, I would think they'd want him back here just based on his contributions that he had on defense and stuff like that. But it's it's uh, it's strange that I don't th- – you know, I haven't heard anything about him being brought in anywhere. And we nope. know, too, that each week that frequency passes, the numbers go down, contracts go down for a lot of these guys. So maybe they're just waiting, and they know that there's not a big market out there for him, um, and they could bring it back. But I would definitely love to see him back. Because like you said, Chris, when he actually played defensively, he was getting the He's quarterback a stud. as well. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the two big moves that we kind of all waited on the Titans to do. It was a tight end and a receiver. We knew they had to make a move doing one of those two things. Let's start with Austin Hooper. They signed him to a one-year, $6 million deal. At the time, you know, a week ago, Austin Hooper wasn't on the market. The yeah. Browns cut him, and that's when he became available. And it I was think a Titan he, within like three days, right? Yeah. Two or three days. And I think, you know, when Njoku got the franchise tag, I think our hearts cr- kind of crushed a little bit because I think that was a perfect fit here. And then the other guys started kind of dwindling off the board, Evan Ingram and O.J. Howard. And I know I'm missing guys. Max Williams, the list goes on and on. They kind of all found homes. You think Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Just like, all right, what are you doing, Titans? You got to you gotta, you gotta <laughs> have tight end. Are we going first round tight end in a very, you know, weak tight end class? Okay. But I think Austin Hooper made the most sense. And I think because Austin Hooper, you're paying, I think, for his potential. Like, he, he's shown glimpses of greatness um, in, in Atlanta, especially. Uh, Back-to-back, over 70-catch seasons. Didn't do a whole lot in Cleveland, but it was kind of hard to do something there, one, because of the quarterback play. Two, because you also had David Njoku alongside you and some weapons and OBJ and Jarvis, and we don't have to talk about all that. But, I mean, he didn't really have a chance to to, to prove himself in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So, love that signing. He kind of said that, too, in his press conference. So, I mean, I do, too. But I thought it was kind of funny, too, because I texted y'all, too. It's almost like – Mike Rabel and John Robinson like sat him down before the press conference and said, this is how you're going to answer every single question. Because to, to me, because I don't know if you all watched, if you all ever see the press conference or not, but to, every single question that he answered, the way he answered it was like, okay, well, of course the Titans signed this guy. Because it was such a Mike Rabel and, and uh, John Robinson type answer that it just seemed like you said, Austin, it's a good fit. Yeah. I mean, I listened to that press conference. It felt like a Mike Vrabel uh, choreographed <laughs> press conference for sure. Um, I was impressed, though. I mean, he he talked about Kevin Hogan a lot and how uh, – who's the Titans' third quarterback currently, uh, but was his college quarterback. They talked a lot about how uh, he leaned on him for for um, advice on the Titans and, and talked about the, the culture and the dynamics and – and it seemed like Kevin Hogan must have raved about the team because um, 
that clearly stuck out to, to Austin Hooper a lot. He mentioned in his press conference, uh, watching this team from afar and being a fan from afar and seeing what they do and how they go about their business to be able to get a legitimate opportunity to be a part of it. It was an easy decision. Hey bro, you're tied in one. It's all yours. No doubt. Take and it, I think take it and run with it. I definitely think this time next year, we're talking about Hooper getting another extension. Like I, I can easily see that happen. And I hope I mean, that he's, he's only 27. Exactly. Yeah. So, and the thing about Austin Hooper, he's athletic. You can line him up inside and out. You know, if you want to put him in a, yep. The, the slot, you could. Uh, he's no Travis Kelsey or anything like that, but he's definitely athletic enough to go up and get a ball. And uh, he's a great run blocker. And I think that's uh, important. Any, any weapon the Titans get, they have to be able to run a uh, run block. So mm-hmm. definitely a fan of the Austin Hooper signing. I even remember two years ago when he went to Cleveland. That's a guy that I definitely want the Titans to sign. So it's cool to get him back two years later. Well, you mentioned that too, bro, because they asked him. I don't – it might have been Ben Arthur. I think asked him, what do you bring to this team? And the first thing he said was versatility. You know, he said, I can line up here. I can line up there. I can run block. I can pass catch. I can do things after the catch. He said versatility is my best asset. Yeah, I remember when he was coming out in the draft. Uh, I liked him a lot. I remember a lot of people talked about him as as a move tight end. Uh, but it really seems like he's he has solidified himself as that complete tight end, versatile across the board, can really do anything that he's asked uh, within the position. So, um, and that that seems like exactly what Mike Vrabel wants in a tight end. Uh, mm-hmm. So, it's uh it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see see his fit in the offense. Um, but but with that, you know this. Vrabel talks about it a lot with the defense and that it lays over to the offense too, is that versatility is key everywhere on this team. Um, And so to have a guy that can move from tight end, tight end position, inline blocker to slot um, is, is, you know, that's that's just another creative piece that this offense has uh, that they can move around. And I think it helps him and his mental, I mean, he's, he's tight in one. I think he knows that, and I hope he knows that. I hope they've told him, mm-hmm. like, yo, this tight end room is yours. Lead. I think he's – I mean, Jeff Swain obviously was here last year, a couple years. Um, but Jeff Swain was no Austin Hooper. So, very excited that we actually have a tight end one this year. It's something to be excited about rather than last year. Oh, yeah. We kind of just had a – all right, we'll see. And it, it didn't work out in our favor. So, um, But the big news was Saturday. I was at a wedding, you know, I was sitting down uh, waiting for like the bride and groom to kind of walk in the reception and boom, the bomb was dropped. Yeah. Titans trade for Robert Woods. Bobby Trees. And Bobby uh, Trees. You know, we'll, we'll dive into that in a second. Guys, I mean, just first and just a thought, like how excited were you about, about the Titans trade for Robert Woods? Just another receiver, a, a, a durable uh, – okay. Dur- a durable receiver, I will say that. I will go on the uh, – I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, he is durable for sure. Um, I was stoked. I mean, this is a guy that I've kind of admired his game, uh, his whole career. Like he's he's Same. such the like typical tight end or wide receiver that I love. Um, he's he's talented, can do again versatility, can really play any of those receiver positions, um, and he's you know um, back before the Titans played the Rams, uh, Vrabel talked a lot about how good of a blocker. Uh, he is. Um, so, again, a guy that can literally do anything that's asked of him uh, within his position. So, I thought, bro, I thought it was wild how quickly the move happened. Like, the Rams said, hey, he's on the trading block. And we're like, hey, this be, this be cool to get, you know, Robert Woods if we can. And, like, a week later, they said, hey, Titans are the leading favorites. And, then like, five minutes after that, the, tr- the trade was done. But I thought it was really cool, too, how – Somebody mentioned that Robert was really intrigued and wanted to come to Tennessee. Thought that was one of the places when the Rams came to him and said, hey, there's a spot here. He said, yeah, that's cool because I think it's really good there. So that's, again, Austin Hooper talked about knowing about the reputation of Nashville and the team. That's two guys now in free agency, one to trade, that really enjoyed the thought of coming to the Titans. And I think, too, I mean, not even those two guys. We can probably think about other guys in the past that the Titans have signed or traded for. It's only going to build because of Rabel and John Robinson, the culture yep. they're building. Like the reputations out there now, with team players want to come to Nashville. It's, to it be starts. A part of this. 
I don't mean to cut you off, but it starts with the guys like Brian Arakpo, like in 2015, yeah. 2016. That's that helped start the run. 100%. Yeah. And uh, it seems like just based on everything I've read too, that like him and Sean McVay were very, very close. Uh, and, and they may have even taken, you know, less, a lower draft pick just to put him where he wanted to be. So mm-hmm. for, for Robert Woods to want to be here and for the Rams to, to honor that, I thought that was really cool. So the Titans ended up trying to get 2023 six round pick, which I think was awesome. You know, with, I mean, it's not like a ton it, of picks. it just got better. Like <laughs> right? as this, as this was unfolding, it was like, oh, we got Robert Woods. Oh, it's a six-round pick. Oh, it's not even till next year. Like, it's it's gotten better and better. This trade looks phenomenal. Not to mention, Chris, that the Rams also picked up his three point five million dollar mm-hmm. roster bonus. So the Titans will save even more money on his <laughs> exactly. contract this year. So the Titans will only have to pay him ten million dollars this year, with there's no guaranteed money after this season. So they can tell them to kind of do what they want to. They can pay in the 10 mil this season. They can restructure, maybe extend them out for another year, figure that out. But, I mean, Robert Woods is 29, I believe. Double check real quick. So he'll be, he'll be 30 next month in just a couple of weeks. It's a 30-year-old receiver, and he's been so good for so long. I think Bobby Trees has another – four or five years left in him. I think if he wanted to end his career in Nashville, he could easily, easily could. Absolutely. Um, so, but what a dope nickname. Bobby, Bobby Trees. Trees. That's such <laughs> a cool nickname. I wonder where he got that from. I guess it I really know. is. Robert, Bobby, Woods, Woods Trees. Trees. <laughs> I mean, he's got, he's got 570 receptions over, over 7,000 yards. So yeah, it's he's, a solid receiver. He's never, had under 500 yards receiving in a season. It's not bad. And was on pace for his, I think, third straight 1,000-yard season before before Um, he was ACO. Yeah, close to it, yeah. He had 936 in 2020. Yeah, so. Yeah. Had 86 receptions, 90 receptions, and 90 receptions in back-to-back-to-back seasons. Hey, I'm only counting two years. I'm not going to count last year when he tore his ACL. Right. Last year he finished with 556. But before that, Austin, you mentioned never being below 500 in his entire career. He's only been below 600 twice in his entire career. Right. Very efficient wide receiver. So when I said earlier about not being durable, he is durable. Uh, yes, Robert Woods had an ACL tear last season. Yes, that should and may scare some Titans fans. But before that, this guy has played 14-plus games, I think, in every single season but two. And that's because he yeah. played 16 in those seasons. I think he, I think mm-hmm. he missed 12 games in his first eight years or something This like guy's that. durable. So you're getting a durable season. Um, a freak, a freak accident in practice. Brett, you got those stats. Uh, read off his uh, receptions each season since since being with the Rams. Since being with the Rams. Okay, so you yeah. got – so he started there in 2017. You got 56, 86, 90, 90, and he had 45 through nine games last season. I mean, the dude is a reception machine. Um, and it's exactly what a, t- a, a player like Tannehill needs. He needs a guy that can just like just get open on an in break and, and catch the wall when you need him to. Um, so that'll be really nice to have in this offense. And I think what makes Robert Woods such an interesting piece, and I think such a, a perfect fit in this offense, is that if you remember him in his time with uh, Jared Goff um, before Stafford got there, the Rams ran a ton of play action, and that's when mm-hmm. Robert Woods thrived in the play action and what do the titans do best is play action play action so i think him coming here is going to be so good for Tannehill and and that that deep threat again and another reliable number two option um and he's versatile i think he's he's almost like a mini aj brown not as big but you can line robert up inside outside you can do some tosses sweeps things like that with him he's great after the catch um 38 catches in six career playoff games, too. I've always been a big fan of Robert Woods, like you said, Chris. I had him in a, a ton of fantasy leagues throughout the years. <clears throat> He's always somebody I try to draft. So, love this pickup by John Robinson. And elite tier nickname. Elite. <laughs> Bobby Trees. You can do so many things with that. And I think we're definitely going to have to put out some merch uh, with some Bobby yes. Trees stuff. So, um. Yeah, all in all, I mean, just looking again like the body of work, I'm 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 happy 
with what John Robinson's done so far. You know, we knew that there wasn't a whole lot of money to be spent. I don't think they could out. You know, their big fish this year was was Harold Landry. That's the guy that you had, you had to bring back. You know, last year was Bud Dupree getting the pass rusher. Like this year, it was bringing back your own guys, and that's okay sometimes. You want to keep the guys you got who deserve it and who are good. So yeah, absolutely. Um, all in all, very happy with the, with the free agency class. I don't think they're done quite yet. Another few depth pieces here and there, but. Yeah, are so there far, any so depth good. pieces out there that, that you guys would want to bring in? I mentioned Ola. I think Ola, definitely. Um, I think one one name that stands out to me at Edge that hasn't been signed yet is uh, Derek Barnett. Love that. Ooh, I didn't think guy, about that. Guy from the Eagles, obviously played at Tennessee, uh, UT, but um, has has been underwhelming, I would say, over, over the, to a degree, yeah. the sure. full spectrum of his career. Uh, sack numbers, anyway, overwhelming there. But I mean, it kind of feels like a perfect depth piece to to come in here and learn under Vrabel for a year or two. That's a good, I like that one a lot, a whole lot. I'm trying to see who else is still out there. Me too. Antonio Brown. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Tyron Matthew would cost too much. OBJ is still there, but these are guys that nobody at the Titans really. So Stephon Gilmore, but uh, Bobby Wagner, Clowney, go down the Clowney road again if you wanted to. Melvin Ingram, Gronk, Gronk's not coming. Jarvis Landry, Jerry Hughes. Um, I'll give you one, Chris. I just lost him. Ryan Kerrigan. Okay. Yeah, I'd be uh, you know Ryan Kerrigan, uh, a vet, even vet Carl guy. Carl Nassib. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I I think a, a vet some vet depth there would would uh, be valuable for sure. Not a whole lot of offensive line. No, not at all. Still out there. Yeah, man, Derek Barnett's only twenty six years old. Would you bring Jalen back? No. I mean, I would for like a, maybe like another one year deal, but nothing, not not a whole lot of price, honestly. But I think he's, I think he's going to go somewhere, or I think he has the potential to go somewhere where he can be like LB one, LB two on a mid tier team that'll pay him enough, uh, kind of like a giant situation or something like that. But uh, I mean, I would. I mean, the Titans are pretty it, set at linebacker. Does it kind of shock you guys that Dean Pease hasn't brought in Rashawn or Jayon? Yeah, a little bit. It does. I mean, those feel like guys that he he really uh, valued when when he was here. Uh, so that I I kind of had already penciled in Rashawn Evans to the Falcons. I thought that was a, a gimme, but it doesn't appear that way. I like you haven't even seen any reporting on them either, like at all. No. I think uh, I did see last night. I think Rashawn visited with the Jags. That's true. Would you bring back Dennis Kelly? Yeah, absolutely. I would let him uh, let him be with his brother here. I definitely Tim, bring him back. Good point. Yeah. Uh, we can do this all night. And go down this list. Um, I do <laughs> want to talk about another list, and that's the crazy quarterback carousel that's been happening around the league these last couple of weeks. Um, it's been no, it's been wild. It has been a cra- like I don't remember another uh, season where the NFL free agency with the quarterbacks have had as much movement as it has this season. Um, Seriously, it's been nuts. And so I mean, it started with Russell Wilson to to Denver, and then it was Deshaun Watson getting that crazy contract, and kind of all that all that stuff was wild in itself because I've never seen a quarterback who. It had he had a, a you know a different situation, but he was still you know under contract with the Texans. Just had these formal meetings with all these teams. Seriously, I thought that was so odd. I truly did. You know, he was sitting down as the quarterback of the Houston Texans, knowing he was going to get traded, knowing he wasn't going to come back. But the fact they honored that, and he got to go talk to the Browns, the Falcons, the Panthers. Um, who am I missing? Saints, Saints, Saints. Maybe the Dolphins. Um, <laughs> but he ends up switching his mind and going to Cleveland. And the fact he wanted 
to go to Cleveland. Well, it's listen, crazy to me. I thought it was Atlanta. Somebody, I, thought, I thought Atlanta was getting them. When somebody calls you and says, listen, we'll give you $80 million more guaranteed than the highest contract in NFL history, you probably jump on that. Yeah. I saw it. It doesn't matter. It. You know, it doesn't matter if it's the, you know, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Like, you hop <laughs> on that, dude. I saw a tweet that said, for all those that want Deshaun Watson to have a punishment, he's going to Cleveland. That's all the punishment he needs. <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. I do think, though, that, I mean, uh, he stays in the AFC. It's exactly what we didn't want. The AFC is already loaded with quarterbacks as it is. Um, he'll make the AFC North fun, though. Interesting with Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. Great Joe quarterback Burrow, division. And then Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> They'll figure out that long-term thing later on. But for now, um, it's still a solid, solid um, quarterback division up there. Absolutely. So that, that's, that's that. And then, of course, we know Carson Wentz goes to the Washington Commanders. Um, and Indianapolis is looking for a quarterback. And it was rumors of Baker Mayfield. It was uh, Marcus Mariota. It was Jimmy G. Jameis Winston a little bit. Jameis Winston. They end up just yesterday getting Matt Ryan. Matty Ice. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, the Titans are still the favorites in the division. Um, they're better than what they were, but I kind of like – I. Buck said, Buck Rising said the other day, he said, how many times can the Colts go down this old man quarterback carousel? Because Matt Ryan's 37. I mean, like in four years, is Matt Ryan going to be the quarterback of the Colts? I mean, maybe, but I don't think so. So, if I mean, it kind of seems like a a, a two-year thing to me because they're just trying – if they think they're good enough to win now, then that's what they're going to do. So, to me, that's just what it seems like. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And – and I don't think Matt Ryan is is obviously what he used to be. Uh, Matty Ice is more like Matty room temperature water to me now. <laughs> um, but it, I don't know. It they they get all this talk about like they're such a great team that's one quarterback away, and and then they you know we hear all this about how they have the best coaching staff and the best front office and all this these they're on their sixth starting quarterback in six seasons right something yep. like that yeah like, that's true the, there's no stability at that position and then you go and bring in like like brett said a 37 year old uh on a massive contract for two years like it just really doesn't make any sense what they're trying to do um i i think it's pretty clear that they see that they have a, a defined window with the players currently on their roster. Um, and there are players on that roster that I think would probably want out at the end of their contract just because because of the instability uh, at that quarterback position. So, I don't know. Hey, that's, been, that's why Chris Ballard's the best in the game, Chris. Man, it drives me nuts. Like, <laughs> thank God Amy hired Jay Rob over Chris Ballard. Um, wow. That dude gets that, – that he might be the most overhyped – general manager in NFL history. Um, it's it, He's made so many poor decisions there, and he gets all of his credit is based on one draft class. Like, he had <laughs> one good draft class, one great draft class, let's be honest. Um, but I don't know. It drives I mean, me nuts. That, Andrew Luck hated the man and retired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Andrew, Andrew Luck to retirement. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Matt Ryan doesn't scare me by any means. It's still, you know, he's still a former MVP. I think he is, it's my opinion. I think he was a better option out of um, Baker, Marcus, Jameis, and, and you could probably argue Jimmy G as well. You yeah. know, Jimmy G's been to two Super Bowls and Matt's been to one. But if you hey, also both argue, have, They both have experience in blowing Super Bowls. That too. Um, but also remember that, like, Matt Ryan has consistently throughout his career had elite-level wide receivers. Sure. Yes. Sure. I, I, I don't think current Matt Ryan is the better option of I, – I would probably take Jimmy G over current Matt Ryan. I would take, I think, the, I maybe, maybe I would take the potential of Baker Mayfield over current Matt Ryan. Maybe it was compensation too, Chris. 
for for what they had yeah. to give up to get. I mean, it, maybe the, the Niners wanted way too much. Jimmy G, maybe the yeah, Browns. I saw rumors awesome. of, the, of the Browns wanting a first for Baker. Come on There's now. no chance. I'm honestly – I want to kind of – I mean, it was, I, a, it was a good trade deal for the Colts. I mean, sure. Oh yeah, they, yeah. they pretty yeah, much yeah. they pretty much swapped Matt Ryan for Carson Wentz, and got a 2023 third rounder out of it. Yeah. So it was a really good deal for the Colts. But again, I mean, if if I have if I get to choose between those three quarterbacks, I think Matt Ryan is third. I think Baker's highs are way higher. Baker's lows are way lower though. So that's something you have to deal with. But if you can find maybe. Baker's stability level, I think Baker's the better the better maybe, option at, maybe at this he- point in time. A healthy Baker is is better than a, a older aging Matt Ryan and a inconsistent Jimmy G. And you're right though. We've seen the highs of, of, of Baker. When he's on, he's on. Um, he's done it in Nashville a couple of times. And he's done it yeah. for for like periods, like stretches. Uh, yes. It's not just like a random game here and there. Like he's done it for stretches. It's just a matter of when he comes out of that stretch, you know. What I was saying though was I don't understand why the Browns didn't give the Texans Baker when, they, when they had the chance. Like now you now you have to maybe cut him. Yeah. Um, maybe eat some caps, eat some dead cap. I don't know anything about that. I don't know if that's even a possibility with his contract. Um, but why not give him the Texans? If the Texans really not want Baker that bad, they really want to stick with Davis Mills. Are they going to draft a quarterback? Kind of an interesting take I mean, for me. Why, I kind of want take on his. I kind of won't be shocked if they let Davis Mills run it for another year and then try to get I'm, one of the quarterbacks next year. I'm thinking the same thing. Because now you have the firepower to get to whatever spot you yep. really want to. Baker Mayfield is due eighteen point eight million this year. They'll end up cutting. They have to. I don't think it's mm-hmm. even trade for him. If they do, I mean, I don't. What team? Cap hit says is he, is he subject to waivers? Would he be subject to waivers? Chris, I don't know. Don't you dare say it. I'm, I don't know this weird <laughs> infatuation you have with Baker Mayfield. I, I want him I, no, nowhere near Nashville. I like Baker. I mean, I think Baker can be a really good quarterback in the NFL. I just want competition for Ryan Tannehill and Logan sure. Woodside, ain't it? It's not. But I also don't want to come to the, the pickle of we're having to figure if, if Ryan had a bad game, oh, it's put in Baker. I don't like want that. I don't I want that's any valid. Drama. It's the same conversation we had think, a couple years ago think, with Marcus exactly. and Brian. I, I, yeah, and I don't feel the way I feel about Ryan that I did with Marcus. Like Marcus wasn't getting us there. Ryan got us there. He just couldn't finish. Yeah, Ryan's consistently, you know, winning double-digit games. Marcus wasn't doing that. Is Baker the guy that's going to win you the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. <laughs> no chance. Zero chance. Um, so all that should be interesting coming out. Here soon. Speaking of Marcus, Marcus got a starting gig again in Atlanta. Shout out, Ocal, shout out, to Arthur boy. Smith. Say what you want, everybody. Titans fans who love Marcus, hate Marcus, have this weird vengeance for him still. I will always be a fan of Marcus Mariota. I was I'll in college. Always pull for him. Will always appreciate what he did in Nashville. I'm very happy for him. I do think he deserved another starting shot. And so, I agree. Maybe Arthur will pull the best out of him this time than he did here in Nashville. Um. But I'm excited that he's going to Atlanta. He's got a decent contract too. It's just a one year deal, um, with an with an opt for next season. But it's a, oh, yeah, it's a it's a two year deal. That's effectively a one year deal. Yeah, the um, J Rob special. So I'm you, excited you for think him. they're probably Falcons are probably going wide receiver in the first, right? Have you seen? Have the to. It's the three of us, and then <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's a suspended uh, Calvin Ridley. <laughs> Yeah, but um, who is the receiver one right now? It's it's bad. It's not even. I mean, Russell Gage went. Russell left. Gage is gone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Let me see. I mean, Russell I'm Gage looking, would have been a piece I would like to have if they could have got Robert Woods and a Russell Gage. I'd have been really good. So in a year's time, the Falcons have gone from Julio, Calvin, Calvin Ridley, and Russell Gage to none of them. The wide receivers right now on the Atlanta Falcons depth chart is uh, Olamide Zacchaeus. Chad Hansen, Frank Darby, Austin Trammell, and Calvin Ridley, who is suspended. I mean, that's horrible. Yes. They need to go wide receiver with their first three picks. Four Marcus. Four Marcus. Four Marcus. Yeah. And Cordero Patterson's your starting running back. He's essentially a receiver. But 
But you do have Kyle Pitts. Of him. Who's effectively hey, a receiver. Um, safe to say, in an already good division that the conference of the AFC was, it got a lot better. And safe to say the AFC West is the best division of football. Maybe yeah. of all time. That's it's, I mean, it's the most real. it's the most loaded I've ever seen in the division in the in heading into the season. So the Broncos get Russell Wilson. Um the Raiders get Devontae Adams. <laughs> who wanted to go there? Who I mean it was his... already a thing. Like he was going, he was leaving no matter what. And Aaron Rodgers knew that. Yeah, and he still resigned. I, I do think it's cool that like I mean, him and Derek Carr are like the best of friends. They were, you know, they are. A college they were a college pair. They were uh, quarterback and receiver in college, so to to get to like do that after I mean they've been in the league for what eight or nine years at this point. How long has it been? Gosh, but it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it really it's, it's has. been a while. And maybe I mean it may not be quite that long, but Derek I mean, Carr, to, Derek Carr, to get is to see 30. Them, yeah, been the league. So to get to see them like go back to playing together, that's it was kind of like that moment when Odell and, and Jarvis ended up back on the same team. Yeah, and that was just a cool moment. Like that's what this is. And, and, and then Baker, and then Baker ruined it. Chris, Baker did ruin that. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's crazy to say that a division is so stacked that Derek Carr might be the worst quarterback in the division. Yeah, that's that the first thing I said too. Yep. So Devontae Adams, I get Chandler Jones as well, which is a great pickup for them, uh, and then. The Chargers get trade for Khalil Mack. They get J.C. Jackson. Yeah. They re-sign Mike Williams. Chiefs get Juju Smith-Schuster. Justin Reed. Justin Reed. You have yeah. – I mean, do you have – They already have Pat Mahomes. The Chiefs, the Chiefs. It's just – it's. I hope with I, – I hope we don't see a whole lot of Giants, Dolphins – uh, Panthers, Monday Night Footballs. I hope it's the AFC All, West. Yeah. Hey, and the AFC West is who the Titans play next year, too. Yeah, yeah yep. awesome. Great, sweet. Heck yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Go go Titans. Cincinnati comes back to Nashville next year as well. I, hey, I'm going to be very bullish this year on the record. You know, I, we got it right last year, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. Titans win a lot good. of games they're not supposed to. They lose the games they're supposed to win. Not supposed to. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, okay, we'll so here's a question, though. Speaking of the AFC West, Javante Williams right now is the RB1 for the Broncos. Does he continue as RB1? Do they look for somewhere else? Because uh, Melvin Gorge is free agent and Mike Boone is their RB2 right now. So, I mean, is that the position of need they go after? What, I mean, what are they – I mean, that's, that's, their only, that's their only weak spot on offense, really. I mean, tight end could probably be upgraded. Yeah, but yeah, it's, they seem to be pretty comfortable with – with their tight end situation. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like Javante, he, he earned the starting gig. I don't he know did, if he played to, well last I, year. I was going to say, I think uh, a second-day pick could be possible there for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if they should be looking for a starting running back. I think he's definitely it. But most teams need two two running backs. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even the Titans have used two running backs when you don't – I mean, Derek should probably be in most of those third downs. But <laughs> – it's uh, it's been a been a situation where you know you've got to have running back depth in today's NFL. So there's not yep. a lot there. So I th- I think a second or third round pick could be possible for them at running back. Mm-hmm. Um, do y'all know who that 99 guy is on the Rams? <laughs> I heard he might be a problem for us. I'm not. He sure might be he a is. problem for us. I don't know. It's might want to check his tran- might want to check his transcripts. Urban Meyer experience was awful. Do y'all actually believe some of that stuff? That who's this? Who's that? Article? Jamal Adams guy for the Seahawks. Do you know? Dude, is he any good? Dude, I mean, dude, do you really not know who Aaron Donald is? I don't think he. Actually, I think he just showed up at the stadium on Sundays and was like, "All right, guys, let's go." But he claims to have done a six-month deep dive on the NFL before taking the job. Bullshit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do a deep dive and not hear about the best defensive player in the league? Bullshit. The maybe the best interior defense lineman of all time. Yeah, seriously. Dude, and the fact, okay, so who looks more dumb? Him or the fact that Shad Khan sat at the table and said, I got this one right. That's exactly what Meyer. I was gonna say, Brett. As bad as this Urban Meyer situation is, 
Jags ownership is is the worst part of it. And then kind of backed him after the uh, yep. incident the, after the, the video the Bengals, Cincinnati yeah, the game. game. Yeah, after the Bengals game. And kind of backed him like, hey, you know, he, he he's not on good terms with us, but we're still going to let him be our coach. Dog, I mean, okay, so I, they made a good hire in Doug Peterson, I think. I, did, I, I agree. But it makes me wonder if the higher-ups are going to ruin everything because Byron Leftwich wouldn't even go there unless they got rid of some of the higher-ups. And they said no. I think it's more of all Trent Balky, is it not? Yes. Yeah. I think it's a mix of Trent Balky and Shad Khan, but it's just the Jags, man. Nothing good has come. Jags are going to jag. Unreal. Dude, Eighty-four million dollars for Christian Kirk, and thirty million for Zay Jones. They overpaid. Like who crazy. wins more games? Who wins more games this year, Jags or Texans? I'm going to go. Jags have more playmakers. I'm going to go Jags just because go they Jags have more too, playmakers just, and a better coach. I mean. You kind of got to just give them the edge because of Trevor Lawrence, right? Even though he looked terrible last season, he he had Urban Meyer. As the Jags shouldn't even um, – or Houston shouldn't even have been looking for a head coach in the first place. Like, if you're going to hire Lucky Smith, bro, just keep David Coley. He held down the Ford anyways. He, he did yeah. – I think he exceeded expectations. So I think I think Lovey Smith was, like, option 20. For yes, I agree. I think, I think so many people either turned them down or they just couldn't work this stuff out with them. Before we get out of here, I do want to ask you guys one more thing. Um, so, with the first wave of Titans for agency over with, and like we've kind of talked about, I don't see a whole lot of, you know, more, more now just depth pieces getting signed. Mm-hmm. Um, has your opinion changed on what position the Titans should draft uh, in the first round if they do decide to draft in the first round? This is going to make Chris mad, but I lean more towards offensive line now. I really do. With I mean, the trade for Robert Woods, with picking up Austin Hooper, it makes more sense. I think I think Olan is the biggest hole on the team right now. So yeah. while I agree, it will still make me very sad if another offensive <laughs> lineman. So in the last two days, and in, in my opinion of it has changed a little bit too. They just have to get this one right. Like they yeah. they kind of swung and missed the last two times with Ray Duns and 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 maybe he takes a step this year. We're not. He We're will. talking about a problem that's not really there. Maybe Ray Duns is the is the he takes the next step and. But but there's still of, there's still a question mark. No matter what, like if he's the starting left guard, then you still have a question mark at right tackle. At right tackle, right. If, he's, if he's the starting right tackle, right. it could be Aaron Brewer, but then like he's a question mark. Is too. it Jamarco Jones? Because I think Aaron Brewer is a better center than. I than agree left with guard. that. I agree. So, I mean, I think there's a question mark there. No matter what Ray Duns ends up being. So the last two days they were at Trevor Pennings. He's a Northern Iowa tackle. His pro day, and they're also at Kenyon Greens. He's a guard from Texas A&M, mm-hmm. and they were up close and personal with both those guys, working out in the drills. J. Rob was doing drills with Kenyon Green. That um, says a lot that they're yeah. they're they're working with those guys that close and at both their pro days. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it's one of those guys. Yeah, but also, you know, I would not would love to see a receiver I, taken. I hope if the first pick is an offensive lineman, it's after a trade back. To get sure. more more ammunition. So they're at 26, and I've been doing a lot of mock drafts and playing around with it. I don't know if you guys are doing it at all. Um, yeah, I've done a few. It's fun to I've do been that. trying to avoid sending y'all screenshots of them because I don't I think it's still a little too early, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> um but after you know you trade back to I've done it. I've traded back to, you know, 44, 43-ish and got some picks, uh, 35-ish and got some picks back. Um, it's a lot of the defensive side of the ball, edges, linebackers, mm-hmm. things like that. It's just like Titans don't need any of that. And there's not, you know, there's not the guys you really need at um, that spot. So I almost think take your guy at 26 and wait until the third round. You did pick up a fourth-round pick uh, with the compensatory pick. They picked up 143 and 204 i believe mm-hmm. so um you get two fourth round picks now so maybe you pick your guy out 26 and you just wait until the to the third round to get your second guy makes sense it makes sense Se- seahawks have 40 41 and 72 if you could get two of those for the first for the 26 pick i'm in 
You do that all day. Yeah. 40 and 72. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be down for that. It'll be interesting, but yeah, I, I'm with you. It, my, my opinion changed a little bit on it because you, you, you now have your wide receiver too. You're not in as desperate of a need for it. Uh, I think, I think a wide receiver three would still be very important though. 100%. But I also have absolutely fallen in love with Calvin Austin third. So uh, getting him in the second or third would be nice too. John Mitchie, no matter what. <laughs> I mean, I would that would not disappoint me one bit. But. John Mitchie, that's my guy. It'll be interesting these next few weeks. We'll kind of dive more into the draft. We'll definitely have our draft podcast here pretty soon. Hopefully get a guest on. Our guy, Brett mm-hmm. Ryan, was at the Combine doing a lot of digging with, with Coach Mack. We always love having him on come draft year. Um, but as always, we appreciate you listening. For Brett Bachelor, for Chris Carter, make sure you get us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Subscribe to the podcast. Go visit the merch store, secondandvictory.com. Go, go get you a new TTFU hat. Uh, I'm Austin Nelson. We appreciate you listening. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.